Colden FM. Online. The sound of magic. Enter Merlin. But beware. Do not interrupt his magic. Well, hi, Merry Meet, and welcome to something of a special show for Cauldron FM. It's a bit of a coup, because we've got a two-part show here, which consists of the full version of the Children of Ireland's Tubular Bells, as produced by Tom Newman, the producer of the original version of Tubular Bells. And also, it's got an interview with the man himself, with Tom Newman and his business partner, Paul Brett, who's another tasty guitarist and uh, played with some very, very major bands. But predominantly, the show is about Tubular Bells by the Children of Ireland. So it's going to be in two parts because it's too long to make it in one. This is part one. Enjoy.
Joseph's and Yuri High Schools. Making magical, mystical memories. Merlin. Well, hi there. Dave, how are you? I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Are you all right? Yeah, fine, yeah. We, we've had a, a, a very busy two days over in Scotland. And oh. uh, just we, we've only just recently got back in the last uh, half an hour or so. Uh, so we're at your. We're now at your disposal. <laughs> Excellent. So Paul's there with you, is he? 
Paul, yeah, I, I can I can go and get him now. Do you want us both together? That might be an idea. Yes, and then okay. Let me. Well, in that case, I'll take I'll take the computer into where Paul is because he's he's uh, over the moon because he's just got delivery of his new travel little travel guitar, vintage travel guitar that he's 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 been plinkling away at for 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 a long time. Paul. Oh. Dave's on the duvet. Dave. And the thingy here. Uh, we, I'm not sure if you can see us, but it's a bit dark. Or maybe it's a... It's all right. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, there's enough light. Yeah. Having a bit of a practice. Oh! Having a bit of a practice on my new little uh. ding-dong virtual. Hi, Dave. Hiya, Paul. Nice to see you. All right. You. So, basically, I might as well just launch into this, I think. I've done no preparation, so don't worry about it. It's off the cuff like uh, that one, Tom. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just basically by way of introduction, I'm here uh, chatting to Tom Newman and Paul Brett. That is right, isn't it, Paul? That's exactly right. Fantastic. Right, now, when I did the Tom interview the last time, the very first question I asked him on air was, who is Tom Newman? The same question question. is now (laughs) going to go to you, Paul. Who is Paul Brett? Who is Paul Brett? That's another good question. (laughs) Professionally, um, I started playing in the 1960s professionally. My first band was I followed Jimmy Page into Neil Christian and the Crusaders. Um, and then after that, I played with a lot of big bands, um, Crazy World of Arthur Brown, The Straubs, uh, Ralph McTell, Roy Harper, Al Stewart, uh, Paul Lonnie Donegan. Lonnie Donegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's your, what's it, Lewis Flavor on that, yeah. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Did a lot of session work, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I suppose over the years, really kind of kept it up as a musician, as a journalist. Jim uh, Page got you your first gig, didn't he, yeah, Jimmy? Yeah, well, it went into Neil Christian and the Crusaders uh, after he left. So it was a lot of, I played about 20 odd years professionally on the top level. And then uh, I sort of went on. Journalist, I went on the other side of the business. I managed uh, a performing artist network, Pan Polycle, which is a we had you know a Deep Purple, Brian Adams, Journey, Stick, Saga, a lot of big bands. Then I went to produce for Capital Radio, um, and I had some did some solo albums as, uh, with the London Symphony Orchestra. I had a few uh, hit albums in, in my own right. Um, and then I went to a lot. Uh, what did I do then? Yeah, I went on the other side of the business and sort of did massive production shows with uh, my partner, Michelle Breeze, who was one of Andrew Lloyd's Webber's leading ladies. She played Evita worldwide. And we had our own company, went all over the world, 60-hand shows. Um, And then kind of drifted back uh, later on, after 10 years, back into the music business. Journalist with Acoustic Magazine. You know, did Consultancy Antiques Roadshow on vintage guitars. Did Flog It. Um, and then back into production, back with Tom after you know. 30 I produced years. a couple of his couple of his uh, very early albums, yeah, which are now kind of classics, really. Which is question. And we've got this thing together. <laughs> sorry, sorry, David, it's breaking up a bit. I say you've done it again. You've answered a question before I've asked it. Oh, <laughs> he did that to me the last time, Paul. Don't worry about it. Because I was going to say, how did you guys actually start working together? It turns out now you've already answered that, so that's buggered that one up. I can't quite remember who approached who. 
what was how did how did how did we get into what was it into life was the first one yeah it? into life was the first one yeah um I, I can't remember that at all were you with a record i was with rca and uh, andrew lord or was it andrew no lord? no it wasn't andrew it was i can't really remember that i was with andrew uh, no, i was with rca i'd done earth first the first ever 12 string guitar suite and then we kind of increased the lineup. It may have had something to do with the fact that I was, I was also working for Capital Radio, and it might have come through Capital Radio. Oh, it could somewhere. have been because at that time I had a mobile recording unit, and I was uh, I was also doing Capital Radio. They had an orchestra called the Wren Orchestra, and I was recording the Wren Orchestra at uh, fairly regularly at the QEH, the Queen Elizabeth Hall. Might have been through that. Yeah, and we did the first. Interlife was the first ever commercial album. That Capital Radio actually produced in Capital Radio Studios. Yeah. So and that's how Tom and I got together, and then we did another album, and then we sort of drifted apart, went our separate ways, and um, after all these years, I I got a duo called Slap Soul, um, which uh, they're great uh, young lads from Wales, same village as Duffy, and then I wanted a producer, so after thirty odd years, I contacted Tom and asked him if he wanted to do that, and he said yes. Came over from Ireland, and he brought over the, the kind of tubular bells tapes with it, uh-huh. <laughs> which I I kind of given up on, you know, at the time. I, you know, having done the tubular bells for children project, yeah, it it didn't have an outcome, you know, that was specific. Right. But by the people that the the education board that had um, that had commissioned it hadn't looked beyond the actual process. Of making it, they didn't. They had no uh, concerns about what happened to it afterwards. You know, so it, it sat on the shelf. You know, after having finished it, it, it just sat there. And I, because I didn't have a label, uh, nobody would have been was interested. I mean, I didn't actually try to to put it with anybody, but I imagine that because it was a kind of a kids' project, it wasn't good enough to to be considered seriously by a a major label. But I brought it with me when I came to to work with Paul on the slap soul thing. Well, oh no, I didn't. I don't think I even brought it with me. But we we just talked. You know, Paul and I had a lot of catching up to do because we hadn't seen each other for for thirty five years odd or something. So uh, we had quite a lot of catching up to do. And in the process of catching up, what we've been doing, I told Paul all about the the minesweeper and the radio station and the. And the, the, the working with the, the kids doing the tubular bells, and he said, "Oh, I'd like to hear that." So, I I found him a copy. I got a copy to him, and uh, it it fired him up, you know. And so he, he really kicked me into touch over it and said, "Look, what what the fuck are you doing with this sitting there? And it's so good. Uh, why why don't you put it out? You know." And I said, "Well, come on, Paul. What are we going? I can't put it out. I'm, I'm skinned. I haven't got a label. I'm, I've got this. No one's going to like this. No one's going to want it. It's nothing like the original." And he said, "But that's exactly what's good about it." And he, and we, we didn't talk about it for a couple of because we were working on the slap hole. And he came back to me and said, "We should just do it. Why don't we do it ourselves?" And I said, "That's you know, <laughs> I'm seventy. You're sixty-six. Two old farts like us." Starting a record label? Are you joking? Yeah, you're you're fucking mad. So, uh, but but he's Paul's Paul. When he gets the bit between his teeth, 
it's like a, a Rottweiler. He, he won't let go, you know. He's one of these yeah. people who gets an idea in his head and that's it. He won't let go. And he, and that's, so what's happened is I, I'm not a businessman and that's why I'm not wealthy, really. And Paul just got, got to grips with it and has set the whole thing up, you know. So really, uh, he bullied me into it. But uh, it's, it seems to be paying off. I was very sceptical about the whole thing, obviously, as you, as you would be with the, the wisdom of a failed 70-year-old pop star. You've got to be, it's going to make you sceptical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it I, seems I to be see working, it. bizarrely. And I tell you what's magical about it, Dave, is that I'm sure you understand what I'm going to say, that there is a magic in the universe, that when you're doing it right, the universe gets behind you and puts you in the right place at the right time with all sorts of situations. And everything that's been happening since uh, Paul persuaded me to get to get on this, this particular crazy boat ride that we're on, everything has backed up behind us in a very, very positive way. Yeah. And it's been amazing. I mean, you know, I, I very, very tentatively asked Richard about it and sent, we sent him a record. He loved it. And so we instantly got the whole of Richard's... Uh, internet social media social media social media the virgil they're behind us and you know they're kind of they're waiting for us to send them stuff and then they they blog it so i mean you couldn't buy that you know absolutely not something that that would but it just happened you know these things have just started to click into place we got we got a a lovely i haven't seen rick waitman for probably 15 years and Paul hasn't seen him for God knows Well, since we were with the Straubs, you know. And we got, we got a lovely uh, post from Rick Wakeman supporting the whole thing and, and putting the, the, the yeah. stuff on his, on his own website, you know. He shared it with himself, you know. Very, very good. Having, having somehow, I mean, I, I befriended him uh, on Facebook months ago, but I didn't, ever, I didn't get a, a personal contact from him because I didn't, I just befriended a Rick Wakeman website and I thought, well, it's a fan group, you know. Mm. But Rick, Rick obviously was looking at it and, and he, he loves it. So all these things are bizarrely starting to click into place, you know. Yeah. It's magic, really. And, and as you say, you know, I'm, I'm totally behind that. I really do understand where you're coming from. Um, because I've gone through a similar sort of experience with my own career that... Um, when I got into doing the radio stations, like you, I didn't have a pot to pee in. You know, I was, um, where's the money going to come from for all this and all that sort of thing. But as it's happened, I haven't needed a great deal of money. It's come from knowledge and expertise that's been freely given to me because people have got behind it. Yeah. And sort of pushed it forwards. And, you know, I mean, like meeting up with you. You know, that's another big step forward because it's actually given me a lot more credibility than... Glad. I've got no problem with that. I th you know, uh, um, the whole of existence on the planet Earth is to do with everybody, you know, helping each other along in every way possible. And I think everything starts to go negative when there's resentment at foot. And Will you just excuse me a minute? Hold that thought. There's somebody at the door. That's what he's pissed at. Right, keep the language clean, good, yeah. good lads, because there's a young lady just walked in, so uh, watch, just moderate the tone for a wee bit. All right, um, we will. But yeah, so as I say, I, I fully do get where you're coming from. 
just taking up on something else that you've just said, hearing from Rick Wakeman, that is great in itself. And I can it sort of brought back a memory for me when you said it. Because when I lived up in Cheshire, I was out at a, a pub with some friends and it, Pete Waterman was in there. And we could hear this organ music. And Pete said to the guy behind the bar, he said, uh, who's that in there playing that? And he said, oh, he said, it's Rick Waitman. And Waterman said, no, it can't be. He wouldn't be in a pub in the middle of blooming nowhere in Cheshire. And he said, yeah, he is. <laughs> He's rehearsing. He's doing a gig in Warrington at uh, Wollstone Swimming Baths. He said, go and have a wander in. He said, he won't mind. So we, we wandered in and had this free concert from Wick Waitman while, <laughs> while right, he was yeah. rehearsing. And yeah. then when I came down here, when I moved down to uh, Devon, I was doing some work with the Lantern Radio, as it was then. And they had a studios in a place called Biddeford. And I walked into the studio doing this job that I was doing there. We came out of the, the studio itself, where we'd been doing the recording, walked up the stairs into the foyer, and Rick's son, Oliver, was standing in there because he was doing shows on the same radio station. Right. And he was following on from what we were doing. So yeah. I met, met both of them, you know, in, in bizarre circumstances, really. Right. So it's a, a nice little thing that you reminded me of because I sort of put that to the back of my mind. So anyway, so viral discs and downloads. Yeah. Now, we touched on that in the last interview and the fact that that was um, the vehicle that was going to launch the Children of Ireland. Yeah. Can Which it now has, of course, because it's actually it's actually come out today. You know, on yeah. the you've done it again, Tom. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh no, <laughs> we'll keep absolutely quiet. And at that point, with Tom keeping absolutely quiet, it's an ideal point to break this show and move off to um, part two. So I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening, and I hope you're enjoying what's going on. Bye now. Internet radio. Cauldron FM, the sound of magic. Music.